Welcome to the Spiritual Warfare Network Podcast, the training ground for warriors in Christ who are ready to walk in their God-given power and authority. Apostle DeCoy Green is about to equip you with kingdom strategies and teach you how to strategically pray and effectively engage the enemy in spiritual warfare. Now let's get into today's teaching. evening. Good evening, everyone. This is DeCore Green. Welcome to our weekly Bible study. Welcome to those who are watching live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope, those who watch a replay broadcast and listen to a podcast. Again, I greet you in the precious name of Jesus and welcome you again to our weekly Bible study. So I'll open up in prayer and we'll jump right on into today's word. Father God, we give him glory, honor, and praise. We thank you for this day. That you have made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you for the word that shall go forth on today. We know, oh God, it shall go forth with power and accomplish what you set up to accomplish in the lives of these, your people. Open our eyes to see what you're showing us, our ears to hear what you're saying, and touch our heart to receive that this word will take root in our lives. We come against any distractions of the enemy that would try to snatch this word, that would try to uh, cause distractions. We cancel it now. We blood block in advance. In the name of Jesus, oh God, let your glory come upon this Bible study right now. You be glorified. You be magnified. We love you. We praise, we glorify your name. Please speak to me and through me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. All right, so uh, quick recap of last week, last week's Bible study. Uh, we were on part 10 uh, of of uh, defeating uh, the demonic strongman. Again, so we're on part 10 of that. And, and last week we talked about the, uh, the altars, uh, uh, destroying altars of uh, the strong man and how, of course, our evil altars feed and strengthen uh, uh, the demonic strong man, uh, how the strong man can be fed by many uh, different types of evil altars, etc. But it's our job as godly strong men to destroy those evil altars that have been set up against us. Uh, that's been trying to empower the demonic strong man. So we have the rights and responsibility to do something about that uh, because, of course, the strong man wants us to come in agreement with them by agreeing with their lies. They're trying to bring us back into covenant covenants we may have broken. Again, they're trying to bring us back into covenant with them. So, again, we continue to cancel uh, any contracts they try to bring us into, try to continue to cancel anything uh, that they try to throw at us. And, of course, uh, we, we gave uh, the breakdown of Deuteronomy 7, uh, 1 through 11, when uh, when it said seven things, seven things uh, to do that we must, when it came to, when they got into the uh, promised land, what the church is supposed to do, uh, they were supposed to uh, conquer the enemy, utterly destroy them, make no covenants with them, show no mercy to them, destroy, uh, destroy their, uh, uh, their, their, uh, altars, uh, break down their sacred pillars, uh, et cetera, and to, um, cut down their wooden images, uh, and burn their carved images with fire. Uh, so just putting that, uh, in perspective, uh, those are the seven things that God told, told them doing those things we continue to do. We continue to destroy the evil altars, uh, make no covenants with the enemy, break covenants the enemy tried to bring us into, break those covenants, etc. Uh, those agreements uh, continue to uh, come against that. So again, uh, if you um, missed that last week, uh, make sure you go back uh, and watch the replay. Amen. So today uh, we're going to go on to part number 11, again, of our series Defeating the Demonic Strongman. And today uh, we're going to talk about canceling illegal sacrifices, canceling illegal sacrifices. So we understand there is a such thing 
as an illegal sacrifice. The strong man wants us again to violate the rules in the realm of the spirit. The rules, the laws that God has set up in the realm of the spirit uh, so that then they can legally attack and legally hold us back. And so illegal sacrifices can be made unto God. Again, it can be uh, made unto God. Illegal sacrifice can be made unto God uh, if one has wrong, wrong heart motives, if, if, if one has the wrong type of motives. And so, of course, any sacrifice uh, unto the enemy is an illegal sacrifice. Again, any sacrifices unto the enemy is an illegal sacrifice. And that's why we have every right to bring accusations against the strong man in the court seven because they're trying to bring accusations against us. But again, what they're trying to do against us is illegal. Evil is an abomination against the, uh, uh, to the Lord. So the enemy, we already know they offer an illegal sacrifice, but they're trying to get us to offer illegal sacrifices unknowingly unto God. So we're going to get to the bottom of some of that uh, uh, so we can we can understand uh, what that actually looks like. So we don't find ourselves uh, making illegal sacrifices. Uh, let's go to Genesis chapter four. Genesis chapter four. Verses 3 to 12. Can of you live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, you can just share a button. Share with your family, your friends, your followers. Genesis 4. Verses 3 to 12. New King James Version here. In Genesis 4. Verses 3 to 12. And it says. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portion of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let us go into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Verse 9, afterward the Lord asked Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? I don't know, Cain responded, am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. Which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you'll be a homeless wanderer on the earth. So in this passage, we find a very familiar passage of scripture. Again, uh, the story of Cain and Abel, uh, where Cain and Abel both made a sacrifice. They brought a gift unto God. They made they, they brought offerings unto God. So Cain tilled the ground and he brought an offering to God from some of what he produced. Abel tended sheep and offered unto God the best of the firstborn of the flock. God then proceeded to accept Abel's offering, but not Cain's offering. So 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 just the base premise of this passage, we see that it's possible. To bring an offering unto God and it be rejected. To bring a gift unto God and it be rejected. To make a sacrifice unto God and it be rejected. 
We see it right here in this passage. Now, there was something that Cain didn't do that God didn't accept it. Cain's offering, number one, wasn't done in faith. Abel also offered a, a, a blood sacrifice of the animal. Cain offered the sac this sacrifice, but something was on the altar of his heart that God saw. He had the wrong heart motive. Cain was angry now after this. Then Cain became angry because God accepted Abel's offering over his offering. Right? So where did that anger come from? It was already a seed in his heart. It came from Satan. There was already something on the altar of Cain's heart that was not of God that had began to grow. That seed was already sown and it began to grow and grow and grow and grow. Though he was making an offering unto God. So God knew the rage that was in Cain's heart. God knew what was on the altar of Cain's heart. And he let Cain know, hey, even though I know this, Cain still had a chance to give an offering that would be accepted if he did what was right. We see it very clearly. Verse 6, God says, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? And then the Lord went and said, you will be accepted if you do what is right. So right there, we already knew that Cain had been doing something wrong. And he was making a sacrifice, an illegal sacrifice, an illegal gift, an illegal offering. Number one, without repentance. We can't make an offering unto God without repentance. We can't make an offering unto God living in sin. We must repent. What's the model of prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So, so, so we start off with the premise of God's kingdom come, his will be done. We, we praise and we honor him. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those uh, uh, who sin against us. It's repentance. We can't keep bringing offerings unto the Lord and have sin in our heart. Or have the wrong heart motives like Cain did. He said, but God said, look, you will be accepted. Your gifts will be accepted. Your sacrifice will be accepted if you do what is right. He had a chance. He gave him a choice. If you do right, you can bring your offer. You, you do right, you repent. Come back to me with your offering, I'll accept it. Because technically, by God's own law, because Cain came with the wrong heart motive and had sin in his heart, the moment he offered that sacrifice, that was an illegal sacrifice, and God could have took him out right there. Just by God's own laws, by the principle, the five God could have struck him down right there for offering an illegal sacrifice, an illegal offering, an illegal gift. Put in perspective here now. It was in, and that's what the strong man wants us to do. And so what did God say? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. So he said, sin is at the door, Cain, waiting to pounce on you, waiting to control you. 
waiting to take over you. So that seed was growing and growing and growing. He said, so sin is waiting for just, just an opportunity to swallow you. Sin is waiting for an opportunity. The strong man is waiting for an opportunity to swallow us, to trap us. But he wants us to let the flesh run the show because they know that gives them an advantage. Total advantage. So we see now sin. He was doing it out of obligation. But not with a pure heart. Not with a pure heart. He was doing it to do it. And still actually had the nerve to expect some return. Just because he made the offering. For example, we can't prostitute God. How many things do we find ourselves at time doing just out of obligation? But not out of relationship. Not out of love. How many, how many times have we been in a position we gave just to give but we didn't really want to give? Where it was hard to let go. Offering unto God and offering unto God, a gift unto God. You have to see your tithes. Number one, that's that's required of the Lord. The offering, that's that's above and beyond the tithe. That's a gift unto the Lord. It's a gift unto the Lord. But if we don't see it as such and then you hold on tight and then you're giving grudgingly, that's an illegal sacrifice. That's an illegal gift. Scripture says God loves a cheerful giver. It says don't give out grudgingly, out of compulsion. Could you feel you're supposed to do it? Could, could your hands are twisted to do it? Could someone make you feel bad if you don't do it? No. No. Now, and watch this now. And so, so yes, are the principles still the same that, that we reap what we sow? Yeah, we reap what we sow. You can sow a seed and, re and receive a harvest. But watch this now. Here's how the enemy operates. And I've taught this part. The way it's been taught in the church or went about in the church is just became casual offerings. Or some teach on it so hard, trying to coerce people to give and set people to give give out of compulsion, out of fear. I gotta give out of fear. It's an offering unto the Lord. It's something that you do, you want you want to do it. This is my gift unto you, Lord. I'm giving you. But how the enemy operates is okay, they're giving those gifts unto you. Because they feel they have to. They don't really trust you. Or see, they're trying to manipulate you. They, they're giving because they want you to do something for them. They don't, they don't really have the right heart motives of why they're doing it. They're not giving out of love. They're giving because they want something in return. And that mess has been taught so hard until so many people are saying, wait a minute, I've been giving, giving, giving. I've been tired. I've been giving. I've been giving, giving, giving. What's going on? Because the enemy is saying, well, we see the way it's been taught, offering. We can snatch that sacrifice, what they're saying, because it's illegal. It's the wrong heart motive. So now they're waiting for that harvest to come and snatching it. Yeah, you sowed that seed, but guess what? I'm coming to snatch it now because it was the wrong heart motive. The wrong heart motive. And so that's what happened with Cain. And she said, look, sin is waiting. Cain, Cain made an offering. Just like his brother Abel made an offering unto God. Looked like it was the same. They both gave an offering. One was out of love for God. 
One was out of obligation with sin on his heart. He gave a contaminated offering. There was no repentance. There was no repentance. God doesn't want our gifts without repentance because what? He hates sin. And I'm not, I'm not talking about just financial seeds, financial gifts, financial sacrifices. That's one type. Even your sacrifices of praise. You got to hear me. I'm messing with your theology now. This is going to mess with your theology right here. It's going to get some people uncomfortable. God don't want your praise if it's the wrong heart motives. It says he inhabits the praise of his people. If we have wrong heart motives, it's not out of pure love. He doesn't want it. That's like someone you with, you know, saying that they love you, but they're just saying it. But their actions showing something totally different. But you're going through the motions. Lord, I bless your name. I worship you. I lift up my holy hands. And the hands ain't holy. Doing whatever you want to do. Living in any kind of way. Trying to do your own will. God doesn't want it. He will reject the praise of his people if it ain't heat clean. If it's the wrong heart motives. He won't accept that offering other. Offering up sacrifice of praise. He won't accept that offering. If it's the wrong heart motives. It's about relationship. It's about love. He want to know that we want to be with him. He want to know that we want to spend time with him. Even when not now, there's one thing when the flesh is trying to rail up. That's another thing when you got to crucify that flesh because the flesh didn't want to do this or that. That's different. From one who knows they're doing whatever they want to do. One who knows they're living in sin, but still want to try to act gloss over like they're not and try to take brand offering unto God. That's an illegal sacrifice. And the strong man area to make them think that, oh, look, God's still blessing me, even though I'm living deep in sin. God's still blessing me, even though A, B, C, and D. That's what the enemy wants one to believe. Yes, we all need grace. We all living under grace. But the enemy wants people to think, oh, look, you got all of that. And you know, you barely did anything. You got all that. You know the type of life you live in. And then they're going to lean on what? That's God's grace. That's God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. Yeah, this is grace. But you can't take advantage of his grace. Grace makes you sin less. Grace makes you not want to sin. You, you follow me? And so this illegal sacrifice of Cain, God was saying, look, Cain. Sin is crouching at the door. Hand and foot, just, just a mat. That's what the strong man is doing. Wait, hand and foot. Come on, bite the bait. Bite the bait. Come on, bite the bait. We're trying to bring you back in covenant with us. Bite the bait. Come on, come on. Yeah, get mad with God. And when you get mad with God, I want you to curse yourself. I want you to say this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sow this seed in your mind. And I want you to start thinking about it. And I want you to start thinking about it. And I want you to give life to it. Now, now we're going to bring you back in covenant with us. Yep, it's like it's like a fishing hook. Let's put that, that line out there. Can they bite it? Are they going to bite it? Are they going to bite it? Okay, let's quickly reel them in. Let's reel them in. Let's, let's reel them in real quick. Why we got a chance? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to bait us. That's what they're trying to do. It says, sin is crouched at the door, eager to control you. The strong man wants to try to control us. They want to try to control our movements. They want to try to control our... So they can snatch our harvest. 
Lord, search our heart. Are we doing anything with the wrong heart motives? Are we serving you with the wrong heart motives? Are we doing things with the wrong heart motives? Is it to please you or is it to please flesh? Is it to please you or is it for praise? Is it for notoriety? What is it? He said, but what did the Lord say? But you must subdue it and be its master. This is what the Lord is telling Cain about sin. It's at the door waiting, waiting to pounce on you, waiting to control you. But you, Cain, he didn't say the Lord didn't say he was going to do it. He said, you, Cain, you must subdue it and be its master. You must be its master. You must rule over it. The strong man is trying to rule over us. We rule over the strong man. And we stay in position through prayer. We stay in position through obedience. We stay in position through faith. Because they're waiting for an opportunity to try to come in and pounce. They're waiting for an opportunity to try to get us to have the wrong heart motives. What's in our heart pertaining to this, pertaining to that? And a strong man is, is very crafty. They don't want it to be obvious. They don't want it to be obvious. They want it to be something deep-rooted. Deep-rooted. Wait for an opportunity. God gave Cain a chance to give an offering that would be accepted if he did what was right. But it entered Cain's heart, began to grow and grow. To grow and grow. But Cain had to subdue sin. He had to be a master over it rather than sin being a master over him. And this scripture lets us know we see the moment when sin overtook his heart. When the enemy completely overtook his heart. It was at the door waiting for an opportunity. And so the enemy was able to use Cain's heart. He was able to use an altar on Cain's heart. To cause God to reject his offering. God saw. An altar on Cain's heart that was not raised unto God. Because of sin that was in his heart. Because of sin that was in his heart. Now that's different from the enemy trying to plant seeds or trying to plant altars. To try to capitalize on. But this was something from sin. This wasn't, this wasn't just a seed that was there, some hidden seed. This was a, a seed that was growing and growing and growing and growing. And Cain knew it. And so Satan could then easily take that to the courts of heaven to use against Cain legally. And God was showing Cain that he had power over it, but he had to act on that power. God wasn't going to do it for him. We have power over sin. Through the power of, of God, the authority of Christ in us, we have power over sin. So we can't let that sin rule us. God give us the power to handle it. He give us authority to handle it. Dying to that flesh. Getting that flesh out of the way. Cain had the wrong motive in his offering to God. Because what was on the altar of his heart, that altar on his heart caused him to offer a bad sacrifice. And God would not accept it. 
So essentially what Cain was doing was really offering a sacrifice unto Satan unknowingly because of what was on his heart. He was offering up an illegal sacrifice and didn't even know it. That's what the strong man wants us to do, to offer up illegal sacrifices and we don't even know it. And they use that in the courts of heaven. If you give out of fear, it's not a sacrifice to God because fear doesn't enter heaven. If you give because you feel forced, you feel, oh, like, I'm, oh, I don't want to be the only one. Oh, they, they're putting all this pressure on me, so I'm going to give. No, that's giving under compulsion. That's giving just to give. God doesn't need our money. It all belongs to him anyway. It's about sacrifice. It's about his principles. It's about our love for him. We give because of our love for him. Not because someone is pressuring you to give. Not because someone is saying you need to give and you're supposed to give. No. It's out of your love for God. If you're giving to fear or doubt, you're not giving unto God. If you sow a seed out of fear, you're literally signing that harvest over to the enemy. That's not sowing in the soil of prosperity. That's the soil of fear instead of the soil of faith. That's an illegal sacrifice. And the enemy will come for that harvest every time. Oh, Lord, I don't want to let this go. Ooh, ooh. Just, just the tithe. It's not ours to begin with. It's given out of love. And many, many of us have been there. I've been there more times than I care to count in my lifetime where it's like, all right, I'm going to put it to the side. All right, I'm going to give. All right, I'm going to give my, my tithes. All right, I'm going to give my tithes. Then now here you are. Now you're trying to play catch up. Oh, man, I'm two months behind. All right, I'm going to put half down. All right, I'm going to try to catch up here. Oh, oh, when it's time of year, oh, oh, I'm going to try to catch up here. Oh, oh, well, oh, man, I'm way, I don't know how I'm going to catch up with this bill. Then you got to written down. I'm going to get back to it. Maybe tax time. I can try to catch up with it. So then you're getting in deficit and then now beat yourself up and hauling yourself trying to figure out how I let that happen because of fear, because of this bill, that bill, et cetera. And it's about relationship. It's about trust. It's about trust. Do I want to be in debt to God? Or do I want to be in debt to the world? Or I'm, or, or, or I'm more concerned about the bill than I am about my trust with God. It's not about, because God's not trying to take nothing from us. He's trying to get something to us, right? So it's putting in perspective. So so I, 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 I totally get it. I've been there, done that. I'm just helping you understand the principle of it, that it's about relationship. See, we're giving whatever it is, making any sacrifice unto God based on what we see. That's going to cause fear. And then now, your tithes or offering becomes a burden. It doesn't become something you're doing out of love. It now becomes a burden. It now becomes a bill. Our tithes and offerings should not be a bill. It's supposed to be the one thing for sure we do out of love and joy and happiness that we gladly do. Not doing what Cain did. Doing it because he need he felt he had to. 
And God let him see, I don't want that. You're not just throwing this at me. That's what it's like. It's like just throwing something at, at God. Here you go. I don't want to give it to you anyway. And you know how you feel. If somebody do something for you and you know they don't want to do it or they don't feel like it or the way they come across that they don't want to do it, you know you feel some type of way if they do that. And some of you be like, never mind, don't worry about it. Because you're upset now because what they're giving off. That's how it is when we give to God and it's not in love. When we give to God and it's just out of obligation. Or we give to God and because it, it feels like a bill. Because it's been taught in a way of, well, you got to be obedient to God. You got to be obedient to God. If you don't do this, you curse with a curse. Well, scripture says it. The enemy will capitalize on that too. But the thing about it is, on the flip side, if you've been doing it out of obligation and out of fear, it's just as bad as not doing it. The curse remains the same. Now it may be it may be lessened in some way because you know you, you're doing it and uh, you're at least releasing it, but still the wrong heart motives there. The result's pretty much the same. It's pretty much the same as not giving giving your ties grudgingly or like a bill and out of fear and just out of obligation, not out of love. Is the same thing as not doing it. The enemy's still coming for that harvest. And so some who's been teaching it that hardcore to try to make one, you know, you know, be fearful. We don't give out of fear. We don't tithe out of fear. When it's taught that way to try to make sure people giving, make sure people giving, that's still in fear. That's creating fear in the people. And now you in a position, now that blood ain't on your hands. And, but the enemy don't care nothing but your ignorance. But now you know. How have I been giving? Has I been giving out of love or have I been giving out of fear? Have I been giving out of doubt? Because what am I sowing into? People say, well, sowing the good ground. But if you're sowing out of fear, or could you feel your hand of force, you're sowing into doubt, you're sowing into fear. If you're giving out of fear, like I'm losing something, you're sowing in the lack. You're sowing in the poverty. God looks at the heart motive for why you give. He looks at the heart motive. If you still giving with the idea of I'm losing something, something's going out. It's the wrong heart motive. Now, for, for Cain, he got deeper because he had deep sin in his heart. And we see what happened. In the long run, he ended up baiting his brother. Kill him. You must look at the motive of why you do what you do. God searches the heart. He even tells us not to give reluctantly or out of pressure. But he loves you to forgive us. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7. And there's some pastors and leaders who need to repent. For trying to coerce people to give under pressure. Hello. Offerings unto you. Out of pressure. Out of obligation. We repent of it now. Please forgive us. Remove that from the altar of our heart. We only want on our heart. 
things unto you, your love, your joy, and also permitting our soul. Absolutely. Offering is, is, an act, is an act of worship. Would that be financial? Would that be your praise and worship? All those are supposed to be out of love. It's worship. So again, what's the motive? That we do what we do. Why You have to start asking yourself, why do you do what you do? It's one thing we've been taught. The word says about tithes. The word, the word says about offering. What the word says about sowing and reaping. We, we, we know what the word is, what I'm supposed to do. Just what I'm supposed to do. So you've just been doing all this your whole life just because what you're supposed to do. But why do you do it? Do you do it because you want to? Or do you do it because you feel you have to? Hello? Do we seek God because we feel we have to? Or not because we want to? That's relationship. This relationship is not about pressure. It's not about obligation. It's because you want to. And we all have done something in our life at some point out of obligation. Well, I don't want to, but I feel like I have to. Well, I guess I might as well. It's the wrong heart motive. It's not the mind of Christ. It's not the heart of God. Why do we do what we do? Why do you give the way that you give or don't give the way that you don't give? Why do you seek God the way that you seek God? Or why don't you seek God the way you should seek God? It's not pressure. It's not obligation. It's love. It's out of our love and devotion to him. It's a confidence that, look, I can, I can enter my whole bank account in faith and trust God in it. Or I can give my last dollar and trust God in it. Just I can give out of abundance. You can give out of abundance. You can give out of the little that you have. Both ways. What's the motive? What's the reason we do what we do? God's looking at the heart motive. Because all of it is an act of worship. Unto him. And he wants nothing from us. That's not in love. He don't want our prayers coming up to him. If it ain't out of love. It won't even reach heaven. Did Amy will knock that back down easily? He's looking for love. And his love's already in us. It ain't that you gotta create. I just talked about on prayer closet this morning. It's not you have to create. Love is already in you. God already put it in us. We just have to let love do what love does and get out of get this flesh out of the way. That's it. Cain went through the motions of an offering unto God. But his heart motive was wrong. This is similar to Job. I've taught on it before again that Job actually had pride in his heart. It was already in his heart. And Satan brought it to the courts of heaven. The adversary again was also saying that Job was taking bribes. He felt Job only served God to get stuff. Hmm, does that sound familiar? How many times what you can do for them but they ain't coming to you for relationship? We know it because we know the seeds that we put in their heart.
and the moment you don't do what they want you to do when they feel they're supposed to have it, they're going to be mad at you. They're going to turn on you. They're going to stop talking to you. They're going to stop spending time with you. Rings any bells? Motives. The enemy already set that up trying to sow those seeds. Hello? Put it in perspective now. Put it in perspective. Put it in perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, we, we've seen those lines. Some people took those money lines out of control, you know, and, and some of it, it's it's for some people, it's a game. But but they're going to have to they're going to have to deal with God about that. There's some people who master the art. There's some people there's some people that people bring in just because they know how to raise an offering. I've been in church my whole life. There's some now there's. Many with pure hearts, some with wrong, wrong motives. Because they know how to say the right things. They know how to hit the right buttons. We shouldn't have to be convinced to have to give. You got to do all of that to convince me to give. Why am I doing it? If I'm not doing it out of the love for God in that moment, I don't need to go. I'm not. No, I'm not led to give right now. Every last person in here needs to sow. If somebody next to you ain't got it, give them something to give. I'm, I've been in those situations. I'm like, man, when I know I had it, Lord Jesus, I ain't got it. to the point. And then they, let me tell you how bad it is now. This, this is that shame coming because I've been in church my whole life. I was programmed. So I'm like, man, I ain't got it. So let me make it look like I'm putting something in there. All right, come. Uh, put my hand in a little pocket. Hand in my pocket. Okay. Uh, nothing in there. Nothing in my hand. Ah, Lord, I'm in faith. But I, for what? What am I doing that for? Who am I trying to prove something to? Because the way it's been taught, the way it's been around, it make you feel bad if you ain't giving. Well, I'm still going to walk up to that altar and act like I got to ball my little hand up. Ball my little hand up like I'm putting something on the altar. <laughs> I done it. I'm telling you. I mean, some of y'all know y'all done that same thing. I ain't got nothing to give, but let me pretend. They pass on a little envelope. Yeah, pass me an envelope. Put a little, em- put a little empty envelope in the, in the basket. For what? That's silly. I've done it. I don't put empty envelopes and offerings before. I don't, I don't want nobody to make it look like I'm giving. I don't feel bad. They spent 10 minutes raising offering, 10 minutes before they even pass the basket. Well, why you need to give 10 minutes? Come on. It don't take all that. Let's go. You don't need to convince me. Either I'm going to give or I'm not going to give. But some people give because they've been convinced that they need to give. But the heart motive, you just give because somebody just convinced you that you needed to instead of love. Instead of love. And you haven't seen probably from the middle of last year, 2019 to now, we have not asked for any offer. You come to church and go to serve and want to serve it. That basket's up there. The basket's there. You can give if you're late. You can sow online if you're late. The Lord will move on your heart. Now, I'm not saying it's a problem when people do offerings at church, etc. But I'm saying people who take it to the extreme. I've been there, done that. Never liked it. Never liked it. I could not stand them 10, 15 minutes off of Terry Peels. All right, let's pull up the scripture. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Let's give. I never liked it. It always irked my spirit. Because it, it was just on and on and on, on and on and on, on and on. I've seen it. But all it's a system. Some people do it because this is what they grew up in. Some people do it just because they don't know no better. It's what they've been told to do. Some people do it with the real wrong heart because they know what they're doing. 
So put in perspective, it's the heart motive. Why do we do what we do? I've been there. I know what it looks like. So I'm, I'm helping free you from all that. I got stories for days. Stories for days. But the point of the matter is, it's about our love. You don't make anyone make you, force you, coerce you to do something because it's going to cause you to give out a wrong heart motive. We gave because we give it unto to the Lord out of love. That takes the pressure off. And truth be told, if they if, if they was done less that way, more would be given because you're now trusting God with the process instead of depending on man. I can't stand when I hear pastors talk about, well, you know, you got to preach at the beginning of the year on offerings. You know, I, I reteach tithes and offerings at the beginning of the year. Because uh, I know, you know, tax tax time is coming up and, you know, or or during the summertime. Well, you know, people be going with their offerings. They be leaving their ties. They be going vacation. They don't send their ties. They don't do no offering. So you even know the times of years and seasons when people, when offering go down, because this is when people go on vacation and they take their money with them, et cetera. Okay. I'm not dependent. This church functionality is depending on God as the source. Not on how much people are able to give. Same concept as on a job. You on that job just because for money or you on that job because it's an assignment. Some people on jobs just for a job, just for money. And not realizing God is the source, he'll use an assignment as a resource, but not just something to get money. Same concept. If the lights, the lights going to stay on, because the people paying tithes and offering always going to stay on because God is the source. Yes, he said, bring your tithes into the storehouse. That's the principle. He's talking about the offering. But, but, when you make that thing the main thing and you put so much focus on it, it's setting people up to give with the wrong heart motive. It's setting people up to give illegal sacrifices. At what cost? At what cost? Put in perspective, it's about heart motive. Why do we give what we give? The way that we give. Why do we worship God the way that we worship God? Why do we spend time with God? Out of obligation or out of love? Are we serving God for stuff? The wrong altar in Cain's heart had begun to take over. What was on the altar of his heart caused God to reject what he was giving. And that only infuriated Cain more and more and God warned him. But Cain gave into the sin. The altar in his heart was empowered when he had the opportunity to destroy it. He did it. He killed his brother Abel because the evil altar in his heart was strengthened. So we have to cast down any altars that are not of God in our hearts so that it won't have an opportunity to grow. Remember the formula. When we focus on God, he keeps us in perfect peace, perfect prosperity. When we keep our thoughts fixed on God. Our mind fixed him. He keeps us in perfect peace. Translated, perfect prosperity. Hello. Let's go to our last passage. Second Samuel chapter 15. Verses 5 to 6. And verses 10 to 12. Second Samuel chapter 15. Verses 5 to 6. And verses 10 to 12. 
And even top of that offense, some people on the flip side who know what they give, you know, especially small churches there, they're like, well, they're not going to come to me like that because I know I'm the highest, highest tithe in this church. I know I'm one of the top tithes in this church. And they come with like a chest pump out like that gives them some advantage. Like, you ain't going to say nothing to me. Or the pastor, leader who knows that this one of the highest tithe paid members, they're going to let it slide and, oh, no, that's so, 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 so okay, I'm not going to say nothing to them. Uh-uh. Letting it go. Because they know, they both know, well, I'm not, they're not going to say nothing to me. They don't want to lose these ties. Like, it's a business. Like, and people, and I've seen people in those situations saying, I know I'm the highest tie that paid. I know I'm the highest paid uh, in this church. I wish somebody would say something to me, get me upset. And then they walk as though they run things. Wrong heart motives. Illegal sacrifices. And the enemy may not even come at them in their finances. The enemy will use something else. Illegal sacrifices. Use it to have control. To have power. Put it in perspective now. 2 Samuel chapter 15. Verses 5 to 6 and verses 10 to 11. New Living Translation says, When people tried to bow before him, Absalom wouldn't let them. Instead, he took them by the hand and kissed them. Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so he stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. Verses 10 to 12. But while he was there, he sent secret messengers to all the tribes of Israel to stir up a rebellion against the king. As soon as you hear the ram's horn, his message read, you are to say, Absalom has been crowned king in Hebron. He took 200 men from Jerusalem with him as guests, but they knew nothing of his intentions. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices he sent for Ahithophel, one of David's counselors who lived in Gilal, soon many others joined Absalom and the conspiracy gained momentum. So this passage, we see King David's son, Absalom. He was committing treason against his own father. He began by lying to David, his dad, by, 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 by asking for David uh, to allow him to go to Hebron to fulfill a vow he made to the Lord. Uh, dad, okay, can you please allow me to go to Hebron? Because I made this vow to the Lord and I don't want to break that vow. Lying. He was lying because he was really trying to go and conspire against David. He already been getting in, into the mind of the people. Remember, it, say, it says that he stole, verse 6, Absalom did this with everyone who came to the king for judgment. And so he stole the hearts of all the people. How did he do this? How did he do this? How, how, how did he figure this out? He began getting into the mind and the heart of the people who came to the city gates. Remember I told you that at the city gate, that was the life of the city. Uh, court cases were held at the, at the city. Uh, uh, prophet, prophecies were made at the cities. Uh, uh, judgments were, were rendered at the city gate. And so at this very city gate, what was going on, what he would do, he would go uh, to the city gates uh, with, with people who came to the city gates with, with their court cases. For court cases that, and they wanted David, King David, to make a judgment on. So they were bringing their cases. They were bringing their uh, 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 cases to the court. And so Absalom was kind of standing around and coming around, hanging around, making the people believe that he could do a better job judging the cases if he were the king. If I were king, I wouldn't let you deal with that. If I were king, if I would judge, oh, I would make sure you got what you needed. So he was just talking to all the people, making them feel like, oh yeah, yeah, he he should be king. Yeah, oh, they just loved him. He had a wrong heart motive. He was being manipulative to the people who was lying because he wanted to be in power. He made the people feel great 
while intentionally undermining his father, David, who was king. He had a wrong heart motive. His kindness was not genuine. So he conspired against David, not only in an attempt to take his throne, but to gather an army to fight against David. He was trying to take out his own father, all because of pride and greed. Pride in his heart, greed in his heart. The strong man was running game and was really using him. He wanted, I got to rebel against him in his mind. So we see witchcraft at work here. Scripture says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So there's Ahithophel to conspire against David. Ahithophel was known for his wise counsel. All handle Bathsheba. Because Ahithophel was Bathsheba's grandfather. It's also possible he felt that Absalom was younger and that maybe, you know, it would benefit him if he sided with the, with the, with the son. Either way, Ahithophel now had a wrong heart motive. So now Ahithophel has something on his heart. He was deceived. So now he sided with Absalom to deceive David. So here's where it gets interesting. Verse 12. This is, this is how Absalom got Ahithophel to come. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he and offered sacrifices. We know it wasn't truly an offering unto the Lord. He used the altar. Watch this now. This is how you, it gets deep. Witchcraft. He used the altar to bring some of the others close to him. You got to follow me now. He raised an altar. Because it looked like a holy thing to do. It looked like the right thing to do. If I raise this altar to God, come on, God. See, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling a vow that I, I got to pretend like I'm actually here to do what I told my dad I was coming here to do. Come on, guys. I'm, I'm raising an altar for sacrifices unto the Lord. But he had to do it in the guise of he was offering unto the Lord. Wrong heart motive. But that, that got people to a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. Hello. Put in perspective. Put in perspective. So watch this now. So this was an illegal sacrifice. It was illegal sacrifice. So again, he uses as his excuse to get David to believe. He had others to come near him. He had come closer to him. Because he knew so many of David's followers followed who? The Lord. So he knew raising the altar was a way to bring them all together. He also used it as an excuse to get David to believe he was genuinely leaving to go. So the sacrifice on the altar that Absalom made, we know it was not unto God. It was unto Satan, but he had to pretend. He used witchcraft manipulation to gain the hearts of the people. Hmm. Witchcraft manipulation. There are people operating under witchcraft manipulation to, to coerce people to give. Through means of manipulation. Mind games. Sowing those seeds. Make you feel guilty if you don't give. That's a form of witchcraft. And there's some operating in it and don't even recognize they're operating in it. That's what the strong man wants. That's what the strong man wants. There's some who's operating in it and know they're operating in it. 
put in perspective now. So what began to happen soon after the others began to join Absalom and the conspiracy against David gained momentum, as it says in verse 12. It gained momentum. The conspiracy began to gain momentum. More people was coming on board. It's witchcraft because manipulation. But here's the problem. Absalom thought that he was fighting against David. But really he was fighting against God. He was fighting against God. David's great counselor who turned on David, who sided with Absalom. Guess what happened? Here's what happened when that, that thing backfires. Ahithophel gave advice to Absalom. And of course, Absalom, I mean, Ahithophel thought for sure Absalom was going to take his advice because everyone took his advice. Pride. Everyone took his advice. So Ahithophel thought. And Ahithophel actually gave wise advice. On the surface, Absalom should have took Ahithophel's advice. However, God used uh, uh, Hushai, Hushai, another counselor, to give advice to Absalom. And God did this to defeat the advice of Ahithophel so that it would then backfire on Absalom. We find that in 2 Samuel 17 and 14 for the, back, for the reference. 2 Samuel 17 and 14. So in the end, Ahithophel was upset that his advice was not taken, even though the advice, the advice was right. The advice was correct. But now it backfired because of that illegal sacrifice, that strange fire that Ahithophel offered up unto God. And they co-signed, even though what, what, what Ahithophel was saying was actually the right advice. Ahithophel was so upset. He was so distraught. He felt so hung himself and died. It was that deep. He hung himself and died because one time he gave advice, it wasn't taken. Because now this the guilt came out. Wait a minute. I done turned on David. Now Absalom ain't listened to me. So now what the enemy do? The enemy was like, I don't use you. I hit the fell. I don't need you no more. I don't need you no more. I already got you to turn on David. For David, I'm sure David would have took him back. He told David what was going on, but he didn't. And now the enemy took over. And then what happened? Hushai informed David of what the plan was. So David was able to prepare. God used Hushai to give advice to Absalom. And then and Absalom thought Hushai was on his side. And all along, Absalom was serving the Lord and went back and told David what the enemy army was trying to do. So David was able to prepare. And in the end, so now we say Ahithophel was gone. In the end, Absalom was killed in battle. And guess what? David didn't even want anyone to kill his son in battle. And no one was going to. However, Joab killed him when he heard Absalom's head got stuck in a tree after his, ha- his camel, his mule, I mean, his mule rolled under it and, his, and, and, and ran off and he got stuck in a tree. So the conspiracy against David backfired. Because really it was a conspiracy against God. The strong man lost big time. The strong man has a conspiracy against you. It is going to backfire. 
The very people who conspired against David got wiped out. And even though David wanted Absalom to be rescued in battle, he was still wiped out. It was no longer a fight between David and his son, Absalom. This is now a fight between God and Absalom. It's not just a fight between you and the strong man. You and those witches, walks, and sorcerers. No, 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 no. It's a fight between them and God. They're trying to get in the way of you doing the will of God. They're trying to get in the way of the destiny God has outlined for you to walk. They try to get in the way of you bringing God's glory on earth. Now they're going to find themselves fighting against God, and it's a battle they cannot win. The strong man has human agents of Satan trying to stop you, trying to discourage you, trying to hold you down, but they're not fighting against you. They're fighting against God. And as we continue to seek God, be obedient to God, we will continue to see victory after victory after victory. And all we will know is victory. It will manifest on earth in our life over and over and over again. Wrong heart motives will backfire if it's not caught. It will backfire if there's no repentance. Lord, search our hearts. Search our hearts. There be anything in it that's not of you. Any altars on our heart not unto you. Rip it out of us. Rip it out of us. We don't want to offer up any strange fire. We don't want to offer up any illegal offerings. We don't want to make any illegal sacrifices. Let it be clean, oh God. Let it be clean. We don't want to find ourselves fighting against ourselves because of contamination, because of wrong heart motives. Lord, show us. Show us. In Jesus' mighty name, glory be to the name of the Lord. If you're not saved, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Christ came that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. If you're not saved, it's your opportunity to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And you can simply repeat after me. If you're ready, Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again from the dead with all power in your hand. Father God, please forgive me of all my sins, known and unknown. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I want to live for you. I belong to you. And you belong to me. If you just say that for the first time, we rejoice with the angels in heaven who are rejoicing that you just accepted Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is not the end. It's just the beginning. We can't get it right without Christ. Christ came that we may have life and that you may have life more abundantly beyond anything you can ask or even think as we continue to serve him. So we welcome you to the family of God. If that's your first time making that declaration. Amen. And so uh, the second call. Is if you know this is home, you've been hearing this sound week after week after week after week. You've been growing here. You've been stretched here. You've been pushed here. You know this is home no matter where you are on the planet. If you know that I'm your pastor, your spiritual covering, you can send an email to info at decorigreen.org. Info at decorigreen.org. When God's doing a new thing, we have to grab hold to it. When he's opening our eyes, trying to get our attention, what is he saying to you? Amen. And the second call, uh, you send an email to info at decorigreen.org. And we welcome you uh, uh, to the room family. Amen. Uh, I remember uh, this, I mean, not this Saturday, next Saturday, uh, February 29th uh, is our next church on the go live service, uh, 11 a.m. at the Atlanta Hyde Alpharetta. That flyer is also on the ministry Facebook page uh, for you to uh, see that as well. Um, let's see, because there's not going to be any church to go in March. And you so announcements will be coming up soon for what's coming on the pipeline. Uh, 
Also, uh, register for Boots on the Ground. Make sure you register for Boots on the Ground. Uh, that's at go.urkanum.org forward slash Boots on the Ground. Put in your action where your mouth is. As this great revival is upon us, we're taking territory by fire, by force as a group. You don't have to do it alone. We're in this together. So, again, uh, you can register at go.urkanum.org go.urkingdom.org forward slash boots on the ground. So be sure to register and get signed signed up, get on the inside as we're again taking territory. Again, you want to walk in the power of God. I'm telling you, this is the place to be. Make sure you sign up for boots on the ground. Amen. I believe that's all the announcements. So I'll close us out in prayer. Father God, we come now to the end of yet another Bible study. We thank you. We thank you for the word that went forth on tonight. We thank you, God, for searching our heart and ripping anything out of it. It's not of you. We don't want to make any wrong and illegal sacrifices. We want a pure heart, pure intent unto your God, clean hands, offering sacrifices unto you. We thank you, God, for bringing your wrath upon our wicked enemies who's tried to... uh, Create wrong heart models who tried to trap us. We thank you for exposing them, oh God, and, and, and completely wiping them out of our lives in the name of Jesus. I declare your spirit of peace is rest upon each and everyone under the sound of my voice, oh God, that you continue to lead them and guide them on the path of righteousness. We thank you. We love you. We declare this word is taking root in our heart. It won't just be another good word, but we will apply it to our lives. We thank you. We love you. We praise your name now, God. We give him all glory. All on all praise. We thank you now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. So please make sure you go back and watch this box. Always remember that you are the breath of God, and God never wastes a breath. This is the core green sign out. God bless you. Have a smile upon you. See you soon. Warriors, thank you for tuning in to the Spiritual Warfare Network podcast and applying today's teaching. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow Apostle Green on social media.